Smartcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. There's a change happening in the way we live, the way we work, the way we spend our money and make our decisions. We are evolving to be more conscious in our actions in a way that serves the world and makes it a better place. Welcome to The Ethical Evolution. The Ethical Evolution podcast is brought to you by The Ethical Change Agency. I'm Bindi, CEO and founder, and I am honoured to bring you the stories of those who create change through paying it forward and giving back. Ethical business owners and holistic healers who are determined to create collective change in the world. Once we have a change in consciousness and through collective change, we can become one. My next guest was recommended to me by another guest where they pay it forward. Their mission is bold and full of impact and has the power of saving lives by saving trees. Canary Webb is the founder of Health in Harmony, dedicated to solving global heating, understanding that rainforests are essential for the survival of humanity. Using the innovative process of radical listening, they collaborate with rainforest communities in Borneo and Madagascar to create the change the planet needs. Over the past 12 years, they've had an incredible impact, protecting over 56 million pounds of carbon being released into the atmosphere since 2017, regenerating 50,000 acres of forest, achieving a 90% decline in illegal logging and protecting 3,000 endangered Bornean orangutans habitat along with a number of community and health impacts. I hope in this conversation you see the power in collective change. When one person takes the first step and we each do our bit and get to the grassroots of what our planet, our home needs. Welcome, Kanari, to The Ethical Evolution. Well, thank you so much. It's an honour to be here. You're doing really amazing work in the world. Thank you so much. So are you. Now, can you tell us about your background and who you are and how um, Health and Harmony came about? So I, when I was an undergraduate, did this kind of crazy thing where I went to Borneo to study orangutans. I thought I was going to become a primatologist and got this amazing opportunity to do this. But when I was there, uh, my life took a very different turn. Mm -hmm. Basically, I I mean, I fell in love with the rainforest, just, I mean, 2% of the surface of the earth and 50% of the world species, right? Like just incredibly beautiful. In in the Bornean forest, there are trees that are 22 stories high. And these just amazing orangutan, it was so beautiful. Yeah. But imagine one of those really big trees being cut down. Mm. It is like, it's like a little earthquake. Yeah. And you can hear it from so many miles away. And that was one of the constant sounds of being in the forest. Really? Was hearing it disappear from the edges. Oh. 
And I just hated those loggers. Mm. What, how could they just, how could they destroy the lungs of the earth? How could they destroy the amazing habitat? I mean, what was going on with these terrible people, right? Mm. But then I got to know many of them. And it turns out they were young farmers just trying to take care of their family. And what that usually meant is that they were logging to pay for healthcare. Right. I know one guy who cut down 60 trees to pay for a C-section. And these are giant, enormous rainforest trees. Oh, my God. Now, eventually, there were tons of money on the market, right? But this guy's just getting, you know, tens to hundreds of dollars per tree. Wow. That's, oh, my God. That's incredible. Yeah, it's, it's horrible. And, and it, there was an interesting paper in Science last year that showed that actually 69% of the loss of carbon in the tropical rainforest is these individuals logging. It's not the beer clear cutting. That's yeah. a horrible problem, yeah. but that's like 30% of the problem. Mm-hmm. And I didn't see anyone addressing this issue. And so, and even now, there are very, very few people or organizations that are addressing, um, really looking at the folks who don't want to cut down the forest, they love the forest. Yeah. They're just forced to. So I ended up going to medical school and then coming back, I founded a nonprofit called Health in Harmony, like Health in Harmony with Nature. Yeah. And we do what I call radical listening, which is to say that we ask the local communities around precious rainforests what would you all need as a thank you from the world community so you could really protect this forest? Mm. It's like a fair transaction. They have something beautiful, a gift to give to the world, and they might need some gifts in return so they could actually protect it. Wow. And what they said was healthcare and organic farming training. Wow. We did that. Ten years later, we had a 90% drop in logging households. We stabilized the loss of primary forest. We had 52,000 acres of rainforest grow back and the infant mortality dropped 67%. Oh my goodness. So it's like this true win-win where the people are healthier and happier and the rainforest is, is with the, not only did we stop the deforestation, we reversed it. Yeah. The forest is growing back. Oh my God. So just, oh, look at that impact. Um, So how many people have you got helping you um, in Health and Harmony? Yeah, it's a very good question because trust me, it would be impossible for me to have much impact myself. There is an incredible crew of Indonesian folks. We have um, 110 employees in Indonesia. Yeah. And we have uh, eight global employees who help support. We've also now started in Madagascar. So we have two sites in Borneo, one in Madagascar, and we're about to start in Brazil. So we have um, three employees in uh, Madagascar at the moment, but we'll soon be expanding quite a bit. Yeah, and you probably know our friends at Trevotion as well. No, I don't know No, you don't? Oh, no, um, we better find out. Yeah. Um, so they, they actually are on a similar mission to you and um, they're actually uh, trying to um, obviously plant more trees in those regions um, yeah. by actually um, through a social enterprise where you buy a bracelet that's been, that's got, you know, special meaning, it's been blessed and um, it's been handmade, it, it actually helps the economies of, of local communities. You get a certificate and you get to choose where your trees get planted um, around oh, the world. I love it. So yeah. I've actually bought one, um, an amber bracelet, 
and I got a tree certificate and I got two trees planted here in Australia. So oh, you can. Oh my God, and you yeah. all need it so badly. I know. Right now. <laughs> yeah. It's been just devastating. Mm. So sad to see what's happened in Australia. Thank you for helping plant back. Yeah. So, um, yeah, a very similar kind of mission is that we're trying to get more trees um, back into those, you know, the, the earth's lungs, um, as you said. So, um, yeah. yeah, I just, I think it's people like you and Tree Ocean that, that are the people who really make a difference, um, you know, to our world. And thank you. Well, thank you too. It's like, it takes all of us and we each have our part, part yeah. to play. Yeah. Every single one of us has our part to play. Mm. You know, if you're a little, you know, if you're a, 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 you know, subsistence agriculturalist living in Borneo, you have a part to play. If mm-hmm. you are, you know, someone who has more resources in the world, you have, you have a big part to play. Yeah, absolutely. Big part. So yeah. um, no doubt you've got a big mission behind this. What is that? Well, we actually are hoping to, well, hoping, we are going, <laughs> let's be very clear here, yeah. <laughs> to save 50 million acres of rainforest um, by 2030. And the reason that we chose 2030 is because scientists tell us that's about how long we have to start drawing down the carbon in the atmosphere and have the amount of carbon we're still releasing. That's... That is not very much time. No, that's, that's 10 Especially years. Especially since we're just on a trajectory of increasing right now and of losing forests. Yeah. But I believe we can do it. And, and by working together and really listening to communities, yeah. I believe we can do it. Yeah. And um, the challenge, I think, is as well, because so, so much rainforest is being logged, it's difficult to keep up with the pace because the trees don't grow as quickly. Um, yes, and a lot of right. those regions don't have the local infrastructure or resources to actually get those trees in there and, and keep them there. So that's, that's the challenge that we face. Yeah, um, it is an enormous challenge, but I, I've seen it's totally possible mm. that we can do it. Yeah. But it takes not thinking in silos. Yeah. We have this, it's a very Western mindset. Mm. Uh, Indigenous peoples don't tend to look at the world this way and they're right, Mm. right? Like this idea of, well, here is, you know, the box of healthcare. Here is the box of economic, you know, well-being. And here is the box of conservation. And there the twin things shall meet, right? But that's ridiculous. It doesn't work that way. Mm. It's all totally intertwined. Mm. And when we ask communities who live around rainforest what they would need they they totally see the intersections mm. right like they understand that if they don't have access to healthcare they don't have a choice but to log yeah and and how could i possibly blame them right if a family member of mine were sick of course i would do whatever it took to get them well mm. yeah and so, I, I think the other thing to that as well is um you know when we look more globally when we look at the planet, there is no countries, there is no boundaries. It is no, one right. thing. Exactly. And we I think that's right. what we've got to look at is yes. this is this is our planet, this is our home, and not actually yes. look at it as countries and governments and right. all that segregation that we put in the way. You're so right. So when I don't I have a problem a little bit with counting it in this way, mm. but we also did put a, a carbon value on the amount of rainforest that these communities save. Yeah. 
And that carbon value was $53 million. Whoa. And, and during the ten, first 10 years of the program, we spent $3 million on giving these gifts to these communities of high quality health care, um, training of local healthcare providers. We actually ended up building a hospital. We did all this training in organic farming. We had a whole bunch of different exciting programs like Goats for Widows. And, wow. But all of that... Co- all of that cost $3 million. Yeah. So the world gave this gift of $3 million to the communities and they gave back $53 million. Oh my God. I mean, and that's even not even a totally fair way to count it, right? That just counts the carbon. It doesn't count all the biodiversity. Mm. It doesn't count the fact that these trees will continue to suck down carbon from the atmosphere for as long as they live. Yeah. The, and there, and then there's the the value of beauty mm. in some of the most beautiful places on the planet. Mm. Incredible. Yeah. Um, so that just makes me wonder then, how are you funded? Yeah, so we are funded by amazing people from all over the world who want to give a th- gift of thanks. Mm-hmm. Sometimes those are foundations. Sometimes they're just individuals. Okay. And we also have a carbon um, program where people can offset like their travel yep. by planting trees. And people the com- in the communities around um, our, the national parks where we work, they can actually pay for their health care with seedlings. Mm-hmm. And then they also get discounts um, for their health care if their community is protecting the forest. Oh, so wow. you can always get access to care, but like that, that, that difference is paid for by... Um, folks from all over the world who want to partner with these communities. I love that. That is that is the you're, you've basically created a global community. Yes. Yeah. It's exactly like you said. There is no boundaries. No. And I also think that we've really seen of late that if we rely on governments to solve these problems, we won't make it. Mm. That's it. And and that's not really you know that's not just the government's fault. The government's job effectively is to think about its own country. Mm. But climate change is a threat that we are facing that isn't about a country. No. It's any country. Yeah. And if we don't start thinking about ourselves as all interconnected and all having something to give to the solution, we just won't make it. Mm. As a human species, we're not going to make it. So true. That's so scary at the same time. Um, I know. Yeah. But on a more positive note, can you yeah. tell us about some of those people that you've helped and the impact that you've made so far? One of the stories that I, I like to tell is um, of this man who said, you know, before this program came, we had no hope, mm. but now we know change is possible. And, and that is just like, I, you really see that in all the communities. And, and recently I, I was in one of the villages near, near the National Park um, in West Borneo, where we work, Indonesian Borneo. And one of the village chiefs gave a speech and he said, we are the pathfinders for where the world needs to go. We have shown that it is possible to live in balance with the environment and for both to thrive. And now we want to teach the world. And, wow. and that, and, it, and it's true because they designed the program, they knew what the solutions were, and, and yeah, now they need to teach the world. Yeah. 
And so we're helping them do that, right? Like there's our second site in Borneo and now in Madagascar and we'll start as well this year in Brazil. Incredible. Oh, I love that. That is, that is so cool. Um, so, what you know, this wouldn't have been easy to set up. So what's been your biggest challenge so far and how did you overcome it? So one of the biggest challenges when we first started was the lack of um, quality education in a rural part of Borneo. Yeah. Um, it's not that they aren't intelligent. Mm. Incredibly intelligent, just had no opportunities and no education. Mm. So what that ended up meaning was that we had to just do an incredible amount of capacity building. Yeah. And, you know, Emma, she's just our incredible accountant. She's one of the most remarkable women you will ever meet. Yeah. And she has just a high school education, which actually in that area is rare, the fact that she even had a high school education. But she came, you know, I hired her from this little hut across the street from our little clinic. It was like literally a shack, one room shack with like 12 people living in it. Um, and slow, but she was really good with math. And we hired her to initially like help um, just be our our um, cashier, but then slowly over time, I started teaching her about accounting. And then she, when we got internet for the first time, I found out that she was sneaking into the clinic at night and taking online courses in accounting. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I was like, oh my God, I'm so happy because I'm like doing the accounting on the weekends and it's like not working. <laughs> so, and she's just one example, you know, like, one of our community health workers became the first village female village chief. Wow. And we have mostly women who run the program and they just, it's just been such a delight to watch them go from very few opportunities, very little education. Um, Hamisa who's the first village chief. You know, she'd never used a computer when she came to work for us. She was terrified of talking to the government, but she, Got yeah. more and more confidence, and then until her whole village was like, "You need to be our chief." Yeah. Oh, that's incredible. So, I love that, and that's another theme that I'm seeing um, through doing these conversations on the podcast is that um, a lot of people who are helping those regions where they're a little bit more disadvantaged um, and and empowering women. Um, this is where true change happens. Um, These are the people who are going to save this planet. I'm I telling you. Know. And and for me, it's been such a joy too. There, there. I I actually had another enormous challenge, which is that I was stung by a box jellyfish in oh. 2011, and I nearly died. And then I actually was sick for four years oh and two God. years in bed. And so I had to like transfer. I've been doing, and and then. And now the team is in Indonesia, 100% Indonesian. They run everything on their own. I mean, it's just been this beautiful transition to watch that. Mm. See them be world leaders. And I think Indonesia is going to become the world leader in how to do planetary health. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And show the rest of the world how to do it. It's going to flip around where yeah. the developing world is going to become the world leaders. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, and I'm seeing so much of that come out of Indonesia and uh, it's just so heartwarming to see that, you know, in, in, in such a beautiful place with so many natural resources that are under threat, they're really making the change. So yeah. the rest of the world needs to wake up and watch, I think. 
I know. And it's so sad and it's so terrifying because when you go over tipping points, it can happen like what happened in Australia this mm. last year. Mm. Yeah. And it's, yeah, I, I can't even find words for what's been happening down here. But, you know, know. yeah, we we're real, and we thank everyone for the support. It's been absolutely incredible. Um, but um, I have to ask you, can you define for me what being ethical means to you? So for me, it's about like living in alignment with your inner voice of wisdom. Mm. Like, really connecting to that truth. And I believe like we all have this capacity when we really, really step into that inner knowing. We live in balance with the earth, in balance with other humans. We recognize that we're not the center of the universe, that in fact, there are no boundaries Mm. and that we're all one, as you say. Yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, it's, oh, it's so funny when people are reflecting back, um, you know, the, the realisation that I've had in doing this. So thank you so much. Um, so I've got to ask, what are the future plans for Health and Harmony and, and how are you going to continue to grow the mission and pay it forward? So we, this is like, you know, in some sense, I wish we could go slow. Right, I I do right. Like if we could go slow, we just make sure everything you know, just like calmly and happily. No, we can't, because the planet, you know, as Greta Thunberg says, it's we're on fire. Yeah, literally, literally, we are on fire. Yeah, and when you are on fire, you you don't have a choice. Mm -hmm. You just have to move as fast as possible. Yeah, and so that's what we're doing, and we're just. Every way that we can possibly do that, we're doing that. So we're looking at how to work with the Indonesian government to potentially expand this across Indonesia. We're looking at working um, in Brazil, in the Xingu Basin, which is a huge, enormous, enormous area of, of the Amazon rainforest, that if we lose that, we'll probably lose all of the Amazon. It's, again, one of those tipping points. If yeah. you lose too much of the forest, it doesn't produce enough rain to keep the rest of it from burning. Right. And so we, we really, that's the, it's been identified as the most important area of, of the Amazon, and so we really want to work there as well. Mm. Um, yeah, we just, and then we were thinking about how to scale within 10 years, which is like, ah, mm. right? <laughs> yeah. To the whole world. Yeah. Right? Like, how would it be, would it, what would it mean if there was radical listening around rain, with rainforest communities around precious ecosystems all over the world? Mm. And then connecting those needs to all of those of us who want to partner with the rainforest communities, who mm. want to help them have a better life and save their forest at the same time. So far, we've never been anywhere that that didn't involve healthcare. Yeah. But we, you know, we're open to the possibility it won't be that. But so far, healthcare and an alternative livelihood seem to be the most important things. Yeah. And we can make that happen. Yeah, absolutely. So that's, we're like simultaneously developing a technological platform to try and make that happen. Awesome. Now, as you were talking then, I was getting this vision, right, of, um, 
it's almost you were talking of the villages and and it's almost getting back to the indigenous roots or it is getting back to the indigenous roots of of all those regions around the world um and having elders who protect those sacred sites yes and that's basically and that's another theme i'm picking up is that it's almost like we need a reverse evolution yes you know, like we've got to go yes. back to the way we used to do things. Yes, totally. And we need to listen to their wisdom. Yeah. And, and partner with them. Mm. But under their control, under their determination of what the solutions are. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of having to control it and have our own way. Yeah. Uh, and we're wrong. Yeah. Right? So you know, like there's no conceivable way an outsider coming in can say, oh, these are the right solutions for you. Not wrong. Yeah. Because we were part of the problem. <laughs> yeah. And then when the communities around Gunung National Park um, now come to me, they will often say, God, when I designed this program, I did such a good job. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and they're right, because they did design it and they did do such a great job. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a very different relationship, you know, to change. Yeah. So how can um, people support The Greater Good and get involved in what you do? Well, www.healthandharmony.org. Yeah. Please um, partner with us. If you're traveling, consider planting trees to offset those costs. Um, Of course, we would all prefer we were moving completely away from fossil fuels, Mm. and we should be doing that. And in the interim, while that's a little, some parts of that are tricky, it's good to offset and yep. partner with these rainforest communities. Listen to them. And, and together we can do it. I know we can. Yeah. We're going to share some links on uh, our socials and get people okay, coming your way. Um, I do also want to ask you about um, the orangutans. Yeah. What, what 3,000 orangutans yeah. in our first site. Yeah. They're so, such amazing creatures. They're so so human-like, really <laughs> quite stunning. Yeah. <laughs> so and what kind of impact has, has it had on them? Yeah, so this, the, our first site, which is called Gunung Palung National Park, mm-hmm. um, is probably the most important place for orangutans in Indonesia because there's lots of different habitat mm-hmm. in that national park. And so the orangutans can kind of move between different habitats based on which one is fruiting the most. And what that means is that they have babies every four years as opposed to every eight years, which is the standard for orangutans elsewhere. And so there's just like more fruit and more, you know, more resources for them. Mm. And so it's been incredibly important for us to protect that national park and to allow the forest to even expand as not only naturally, but also with reforestation in areas that won't grow back on their own. Yep. We also, when we have the patients pay for their healthcare with seedlings um, or people offset for their carbon, we have been taking those seedlings and planting them in corridors that connect air fragmented areas of the park that um, where the orangutans couldn't get through anymore. Yeah. So, and when we recreated these corridors, we, we put in camera traps mm-hmm. and we found that they are working and we know they're working because there's a number of orangutans who've taken selfies on the <laughs> camera trap trying to check out what is this thing. 
Oh, my God. I hope you share those. That's incredible. Yeah, so that's been really great. That's really working. And, of course, a lot of all, all the other creatures go through as well, but it's been we, – we tend to particularly love orangutans. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love that. Orangutan selfies. Yes, please. <laughs> so um, this is a big question and I absolutely love asking it because everybody gives me a different answer, but it's so profound. What's the change you'd like to see in the world and how can we bring it to life? The change that I want to see in the world is that we actually learn to live in balance with our earth. Yeah. And that we do it quickly. Because if we don't do that, it won't matter what else anyone wants. Mm. Because we won't have the opportunity to make that happen. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it is... Um, it really is a bit of a smack in the face, isn't it? We, we need to wake up and um, yeah. we need to make a change now. And uh, thank goodness for people like you and Health in Harmony who are helping that change happen. Um, well, thank goodness for people like you too. Well, it takes all of us. We all have our part to yes, play. Yes, we do. Yeah. Now, now I have to thank you, Canari, um, joining me all the way from San Francisco um, today. And um, let's stay in touch because I, I think there's big things coming uh, for both of us. And um, I, I can't thank you enough for being a part of the ethical evolution. Oh, I can't thank you enough too. <laughs> and I'll soon be coming your way. Well, not quite your way, but I'll be in Borneo in a few weeks. Oh, so. I'll, I'll wave from over here. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Okay, great. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Ethical Evolution Podcast. If you're an ethical business owner, change maker, or holistic healer who's determined to make a change in the world and you need support to spread your message, visit ethicalchangeagency.com to collaborate. Ever thought about starting your own podcast? Do you have a business or a message you want to share with the world? Well, now it's easier than ever with Electricast. Hi, I'm Mark Netter. And I'm Peter Ravelson. We're the founders of Electricast Media. Whether you want to start a new podcast or already have one, join Electricast to grow your audience, monetize your content, and build your community. With our simple sign-up, you get free promotion, world-class analytics, premium ads, and personal support. Go to Electricast.com and join our community today. Electricast. Transform your influence. Electric acid. Hey there, fabulous souls. I'm Stephanie Baklaan. And I'm Eden Alpert. And we're the hosts of the brand new podcast, Unapologetically Fab. Get ready to join us on an amazing and real journey as we dive into life after 40 and own it. We're all about changing the narrative, leaning into who you are and living a life by your own design. Join us as we embrace life unapologetically and redefine success. This is Unapologetically Fab. An electric cast production. See you there. Electric cast.